Well, welcome back everyone to the Young Adult Ministry Podcast. I'm excited to continue our series that we've been doing for the last few weeks called A Greater Love, where we're getting to hear how God's love has come into the stories of different people in our community of young adults. And I'm excited to introduce you to a couple of more friends of mine this week that you'll get a chance to get to know their stories. They'll introduce themselves in a minute. But we hope this will be encouragement to you wherever you are to pay attention to how God might want to work in your story. If you're still exploring the Christian faith, I think when you hear testimonies of how God has really worked in the lives of everyday ordinary people, it gives us hope that God can work in our lives too, and that he wants to share this love with us in a real way in our lives. And so, Maddie, Caitlin, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. I'll, I'll let Maddie go first. Why don't you introduce yourself, share a little bit about where you grew up, uh, your family, and how Jesus became real to you. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, yeah, my name is Maddie. I'm originally from Dallas, Texas, so go Cowboys. Um, we moved to Apex around 2009. And I'm really blessed with an amazing family. We're all really close, and uh, my family and my brothers, they all live nearby. Some, some people might have seen them come to Yam a few times. I grew up Baptist, and we went to church every Sunday, but I always felt like it was something we had to do. It was never something I wanted to do. I didn't look forward to it. I felt like we were getting dragged there and had to dress up and everything. Um, I started coming to Hope sometime after we moved to North Carolina. I had a moment in middle school where I started becoming stronger in my faith and I was baptized again because I wanted to show others like my faith outwardly. And I first truly, truly though, came to know Christ on this, on the retreat this past November with all of you. Montreat sweatshirt. <laughs> um, there was this shift in having to go, turning into wanting to go. And I started to, take my relationship with Christ in my own hands. And I still feel like I'm learning to know Christ right now. Mm, that's yeah. awesome. Well, thanks for sharing us, uh, sharing with us a little bit about your journey. I'm excited to hear more about that and just to dig into that a little bit more with you. But Caitlin, do you mind introducing yourself and just how you grew up and a little bit about your family when you came to know Jesus? Mm -hmm. um, uh, my name's Caitlin Yeves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was born in New York. Um, I grew up there for the first few years of my life and I was raised in a military family. Um, when my mom passed away when I was about six and a half, that's when I really kind of questioned who God was in my life. I was always told who he was and I knew of him, but I wouldn't say I really grew up having a strong relationship. Um, church wasn't really a huge thing in my family. My Being raised by my grandma, she's very on fire for the Lord, but it just didn't resonate with me. I always kind of felt like God was there, he exists, but maybe he's not for me. And it made it very hard to go to Sunday school. I kind of felt like I didn't belong there. I didn't want to wear the dress code of dresses and skirts. I kind of just wanted to go as myself. And if no one accepted it, then so be it. Um, I kind of dove into academics a lot and just being successful. That was a big part of my life and identity. And I felt like I just didn't have as much room for Christ. Um, and you know, eventually when things fell through, when I wasn't able to go to my dream school, I got accepted to that's when I really felt like I had nothing else left. I felt like everything I poured myself into just went away mm. instantly. And I really struggled the few years after that, just coming to know Christ. And I really didn't get to know him until at least this past year and a half or so, mm. honestly. So, so why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? <laughs> yeah. Like, How did you see your need for Jesus and how did he come into your story? Yeah, so after not going to UConn, I felt very lost and I decided to 
move in with family in North Carolina. They like told me you can just go to community college and try to figure things out. And it was very humbling for me to accept. I feel like, and looking back at it now, it was a major blessing, but at the time it just felt like a burden. It kind of felt like just, I didn't know who I was. And I went into the service industry right away. And that kind of became a gateway for me on what I did with life. I made a lot of mistakes use coping mechanisms that I probably shouldn't have, you know, just drinking more and not being wise with who I was hanging around with. And I put God out of the picture completely. I think I built like a resentment towards him. I think losing my mom at a young age and then not getting the dream school that I wanted, just feeling like I didn't know what my plan was in life. And it made me realize I was focusing more on my own plan and not his. And just during that time, I fell into a depression I didn't have as much motivation for life and got involved with someone I probably shouldn't have. Our values didn't align at all. And that just led me into a deeper depression. And I had suicidal tendencies. I just mm. really didn't want to continue on anymore. And it led me to several pitfalls in my life where I just hit rock bottom repeatedly. I distanced myself from my family. My grandma tried to pour truth into me all the time, didn't want to listen. She would like leave Bible verses on my bathroom mirror. I would rip it off. And every time she would talk about it, I just said, nah, I'll go to church with you, but that's probably the extent of it. And there was a point where I felt like maybe this is working. I started attending small groups, but each one fell apart. And just hitting those pitfalls, I just felt like, God, you're, you're not gonna be there for me, so I just won't believe in you anymore. Mm. And yeah, it reminded me a lot of what we've been talking about with the prodigal son, that I turned away from everything that I was brought up with. And finally, I hitting that rock bottom, I came to my grandma crying and I said, look, I did this, this, and this. I made all of these mistakes. You know, I don't think anyone hates me more than I hate myself and everything I've done. I was like, do you even love me anymore? And her thing was that, you know, I never stopped loving you. I always prayed for you. And I want you to know that God loves you too. And, you know, you you stepped away, you walked away, but he was always there waiting for you to come back, and I was too. And it didn't fix everything immediately. I was hoping for like a light to shine or something, but it definitely helped start in the right direction of healing and just not carrying that anymore, any more guilt and shame. But yeah, yeah that's awesome. Well, <laughs> you, that light really did shine through your grandma. Yes, looking maybe back, sometimes yes. you feel like it was a little too bright. Yes. <laughs> I, I think he, your grandma never gave up on you. And that's a beautiful picture of, of how God treats each one of us. He never mm -hmm. gives up on any of us and is always inviting us home. And I'd like to hear a little bit more about that and your yeah. experience with Jesus and how he's really made a difference in your life as you've seen your need for him. I'll come back to you about that. But I want to give Maddie a chance to share a little bit more. Um, Maddie, why don't you share about how you saw your need for God in your life? Oh, boy. You good with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of ways. Uh, I feel like I have and am currently living a double life. Um, by that, I mean I was always a really goody two-shoes in school, an A-plus student, um, teacher's pet, and people will always comment how I'm always happy and smiling. Yet through all of that, I struggled with really bad anxiety and depression. My depression really started at the end of high school after a negative experience with a guy that impacted my life. I didn't, I didn't want to necessarily live, and I didn't want to keep going through what I was going through. Um, but through all that, my, through all my depression and anxiety, I would never let anyone know. So mm -hmm. a part of me 
wasn't letting anyone in because I felt and, you know, sometimes I still feel guilty and mad at myself because my life is so good. I have like a great family, a great job. I have a roof over my head, but a part of me also wasn't letting anyone in because I was embarrassed and ashamed of what I was going through. I didn't understand like why my depression was so bad and depression can look different for everyone. For me, I lacked the motivation for everything. I also turned to like bad coping mechanisms to numb myself and sorry. <laughs> you're, you're doing great. Um, I would not treat my body properly. I was not keeping up with hygiene, not eating well, not cleaning my place and mm -hmm. isolating. So definitely isolating. I would isolate and not reach out because like I said, I was guilty for feeling this way and I didn't want people to know or to see what I was going through. And I like felt embarrassed and ashamed of myself and my actions and my thoughts. So I started struggling throughout college with my depression and living that double life of appearing great and all together in front of people yet broken on the inside. And after graduating and moving to Raleigh, my friends all moved in different directions and I felt like I really didn't have anyone anymore. I didn't want to make any new friends so that isolating factor became even greater and I would have a great day at work and then just be haunted at home with the thoughts of my depression by myself. Uh, I had it down to a routine, honestly, you know, turn it on at work and then come home and just be miserable and looking to those coping mechanisms and numbing and I was just not doing very well. And then there was a lot of stuff going on with my family last summer to where I felt like I had them on the other side of my double life, always having to be happy and supportive for them. And so, yeah, that's mm. that's that. <laughs> so that was a pretty broken time in your your life, like kind of coming to grips with that, mm -hmm. this double uh, double-mindedness or how did you say it exactly? Like, like a double life. Like I want yeah. to appear like to everyone else that I got like, everything together when I don't. Yeah. And learning how to be honest about the brokenness that you mm -hmm. had inside rather than hide it is a part of how we actually experience God's love. And so could you talk about that process for you? Like how has Jesus come into that brokenness and we're going to make a difference in your story? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, <laughs> shout out to Yam fam. I started coming to the young adult ministry in October, and the first time I came um, to Yam was through my parents' strong encouragement, and I was with my older brother, and he was like my crutch because I don't think I would have came by myself without him. Mm. But I came to Yam, and those first few weeks, I did not talk at all. <laughs> I just wanted to listen, I'm just going to feel it out, um, because I had this picture in my head of what Christians looked like and acted like, and I did not think that I fit that picture. I thought Christians were perfect and that they knew everything. And me on the other hand, I was far from perfect. I was very broken and I didn't know much about the Bible. I'd never taken the time to actually read it on my own outside from when I felt like I was having to go to church. But then I came back a second week by myself um, through that encouragement from my parents again, which I'm grateful for now. Uh, I just walked in and I didn't know anyone. And then one of the gentlemen in Yam actually saw me and remembered me from the week before. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I didn't think anyone was going to remember me. I didn't even talk. And he introduced me to his wife, Marie. And Marie is a godsend. Marie is someone I'm confident that God sent to me and to be in my life. Um, she encouraged me to come back each week. 
um, and encouraged me to go on the retreat. And she was just the biggest push at that time towards Christ that I needed. Which, by the way, she said the same thing about you too. Uh, yeah. You might not have known that, but I think God brought you into her, her life for a reason too. Oh, thanks, Corey, for sure. <laughs> You're doing great, by the way. Thank you. Okay. Um, at the retreat, the first night, I asked God for the thirst to know him and to surround me with community. The next day, we were worshiping, and I've never thought really much about worshiping until a song came on about opening your eyes and surrounding yourself with people. And then I just felt like this overwhelming wave come over me that like I've never experienced before. Um, like God was talking just to me and I had never experienced that and was just so overwhelmed. I just started crying so mm -hmm. hard and just pouring down tears. And so I had to step out because I didn't want everyone to see me crying. <laughs> now it's become a normal thing. We're crying <laughs> in front of each other all the time. Um, from then on, uh, we started a Bible study with a group of us from the retreat, and we've continued to welcome anyone else that we meet throughout the weeks in YAM. And I was encouraged to ask questions, whereas before I felt embarrassed not knowing mm. much about the Bible or the stories we discussed. Um, but now I was comfortable talking and asking questions, no matter how silly or how deep they were. Um, when I moved apartments after the retreat, I actually had some ladies from YAM like offer to come and help me move. And not only did they help me move, but they stayed to help me unpack, which I was like, wow, like they're going above and beyond. This is great. Mm -hmm. And I really don't think I would have, I, I still would have those boxes on like not packed, <laughs> not unpacked today if it wasn't for them. So I had this fire leaving the retreat. I felt like I was seeing signs everywhere and it was funny stuff. Like there would be like leaves falling on my car while I'm driving. And like, I'm like looking around to see if they're falling on anyone else's <laughs> car. Like, is this a sign? I got this sample packet of shampoo that's <laughs> in the shower and it said, keep me vivid. And I was like, oh my goodness, God is talking to me. Um, I just had this fire and like, I was seeing all these signs everywhere and was just so joyful and like having such a good time. And then but I did not keep God vivid <laughs> from the shampoo packet. Um, I started struggling with my depression again, and I wasn't going to God or my community with my struggles and my thoughts. I was just slowly seeping back into that double life. So I would come to church and yam on Thursdays and go to my Bible study on Sundays, but I was just really struggling. So I finally opened up to two women in my Bible study one night, and I just felt this like wave of relief, like a weight being lifted off of my shoulder. I... Then had the opportunity to open up with Caitlin mm. at an IF conference recently and some other lovely ladies that were there too. And again, that same relief and the weight being lifted. Um, I started to learn through these experiences and the sharing of testimonies at YAM that I was not alone. God has been encouraging me this whole time to come to him and this community with my struggles. Mm. And I have never felt more like myself than in these last few weeks after opening up and trying not to live that double life anymore. This community has just shown me what it means to walk with Christ. Um, like these last few weeks, I recently had two girls offer to come over to my place to help me clean, mm -hmm. which may not seem like a big thing, but for me it was, cause like I said, I was holding all that like shame and embarrassment and for them to be like, let's, let's come in, let's help mm -hmm. you clean. Like let's get things together. And that was just so amazing to see somebody do and, we also just would be belly laughing over the smallest things. And I started to feel that joy again. And God has just shown me that 
you can come to church broken. You don't have to have all the answers and you can ask questions. And he showed me that I need to start opening up to others and start stop living a double life. Well, you just did a great job of, of practicing. Thanks. That. <laughs> Thanks. And a part of how we grow is by practicing, sharing mm -hmm. our real selves, sharing the ways we experience brokenness. That's how we grow stronger when we share our weaknesses with one another and with God. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad you're in that process and you're taking steps of faith, the Holy Spirit to share with our community because that is very healing. And yeah. I loved how you put it that where you talked about the weight being lifted off mm -hmm. of you. Because the verse we talk about a lot in Yam, it's from Jesus in Matthew 11. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so he, he takes the burdens off of us when we share them with him and each other. And that's a part of how we grow and experience his love. And it's so cool that as you let people in, they, they're like more motivated, you know, to care about you and show you um, love and that you're not alone. And so I think that's a gift you have that you're now sharing with other people, which is yeah. awesome. And so thank you for sharing. You. Caitlin, why don't you share a little bit more about your story and how uh, Jesus has really made a difference. And so in that, that turning point for you when your grandma kind of you opened up and, and shared kind of where you were, what happened from there? How did Jesus start making a difference in your story? Yeah, part of it felt like a blur. I feel like once you put God at the center, things just start changing. Mm -hmm. I, I think a big thing I learned is that healing doesn't happen instantly. Um, after that, it was baby steps. I was very weary about going to church again because of the series of small groups that I tried to join all falling apart for various reasons. I said, okay, I'll go to church with you again. So I tried going to the smaller church I was in and it just, something just didn't fit right for me. And I thought, let me go back to Hope because I had attended many years ago and then just did not go again <laughs> for a while. Went back, went to the first service and I was like, okay, this isn't so bad, I'll try again. Mm -hmm. So I'd go the next week and then the next week. And then eventually I thought, okay, I'm gonna take a step out in faith and try a small group. And I signed up and I felt very discouraged because I hadn't heard anything for about a month. And I thought, well, okay, God, all right, I guess I'm not meant to be in a small group, but you know, I'm doing the right thing. I'm going to church, I'm reading my Bible. So that gotta count for something, right? And uh, eventually one day at night, I was feeling a bit discouraged and God's timing is so perfect. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I got a text from Savannah Curtis saying, hey, uh, Corey forwarded your information. Are you still looking for a small group? And I was like, dang, all right, I guess I gotta try. So we decided to meet for some tacos and talked about the small group. And I felt, I felt good about it and I left and I thought, well, all right, God, I'm gonna wager something. I decided to be petty and said, oh, okay, if you could give me a small group that's like two miles away, I'll go. And I thought, you ain't gonna beat that. And then I, she sent me the address and it was a friend of hers house because she just didn't have like enough space, I guess, for the big group. And <laughs> I laughed because I put in my GPS and it was 1.9 miles away. And I thought, man, God really had to throw that extra point one mile to just <laughs> prove a point. Very humbling. Uh, God is not to be mocked. <laughs> but um, I went. Yeah, that. I was like, he cares deeply. And I like that he showed some humor because I feel like I use that as well. Mm. Um, I went and it started with three of us. And now it's built to about nine now, like a solid group of girls that I just have so much community with. Um, I've shared my testimony with them and I expected like tomatoes to be thrown. I expected it kicked out and they have poured nothing but endless love and support. 
um, in ways that I never imagined. And they even encouraged me to go to yam nights. And the first night I went (laughs) was when they were making gingerbread houses. And I felt so old. I thought, you know, I'm like 24 and we're making gingerbread houses. But there was something about it, the simplicity of it, that felt really nice. And I decided to come back anyway. And I've been coming each time, went on the fall retreat. And I went in it with not high hopes. I thought, you know, that I hope I get something good out of this maybe, but if not, you know, so be it. And I felt like that was such a huge turning point because I hadn't realized how much shame and guilt I was still carrying. Even though I confided in my grandma and opened up, I still felt like there was something heavy weighing on me. And being in Angie's group and just having everyone in there just talking, it was the first time I ever prayed out loud before to other people. and. I didn't have any anxiety over it, which was crazy. (laughs) And then I cried during worship for the first time. I opened up in ways I never thought I could. And I really just learned how to discern when God was speaking to me versus just, you know, not carrying such a weight anymore. And I left that retreat, like admittedly, I had to learn, you know, there's still going to be that voice in the back of your head of the enemy trying to prevent you from continuing to be on fire for the Lord and like grow in your relationship. But I've learned to, you know, speak truth in myself and not carry that anymore. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's such a beautiful thing to experience. And I, even when I'm going through tough times, because I'm still going to keep struggling at some points, I don't feel alone anymore. I feel like I can get through it and not cope in the ways that I used to. Yeah. I know, like, I have a community to turn to and, Mm. you know, whether you know, I'm speaking to God on my own, or I just feel like I need someone to offer me some leadership. I I don't feel like I'm alone anymore, which is really beautiful. That is, <laughs> that is really beautiful. That's awesome. And the way you described God taking some of your burdens from you is that's a part of how the gospel heals us. And we need to share the gospel with ourselves every day. Yes. Like that's a part of how we grow emotionally, spiritually, mentally healthy, like especially with dealing with anxiety or depression, those kind of things. It's knowing that God meets us where we are and we can be honest with him about those things. And he wants to remove our guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. We, The enemy wants to keep bringing up our mistakes and our weaknesses and saying that's shameful to have that. When Jesus said, come to me, I, I can take that. I can handle that. And I'm so glad both of you are experiencing that in different ways. Um, you know, we're doing this, this series at late night on Thursdays where we're kind of unpacking the prodigal son story. And so you guys already shared some ways you connect with that story personally. But one of the cool things about the story is the guy wakes up, comes to his senses, and then comes home to the father. And he he experiences incredible love, like Mm -hmm. radical love. Where in that culture, the father was supposed to like, I mean, I mean, do the opposite of what he did. Mm -hmm. Like basically, if anything, put him to work as one of his hired servants but the expectation would he would be cut off from the family, but instead he restores him. He puts a robe on him and a ring and sandals that symbolize you're, you're my boy, you're home. And <laughs> he throws a party for him. And you guys have experienced that in different ways as you come home to God. So how have you learned to run towards God instead of away from God? Is that a good question? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for asking, Corey. Maddie's <laughs> um, keeping me on track. <laughs> um. So I'm still learning. <laughs> uh, right now, I'm learning to run to him through this community and each yeah. person in it. That's like the biggest takeaway from how I'm learning right now. And it, it's just each of these people I keep meeting have just 
changed me so much. Each each time I meet yeah. someone and we open up and it's like, oh man, mm-hmm. keep changing me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm so thankful for you. Yeah. So turning towards community instead mm-hmm. of towards other coping mechanisms mm-hmm. that might make you feel better temporarily, but leave you yeah. even more broken. Um, yeah. That's huge. Uh, trying to um, find ways to do that. It's like your lifelines, you know, mm-hmm. and we don't realize we're kind of drowning and that's what we really need as people. And we ultimately need God. So mm-hmm. that's huge that you're finding that in community. How about you, Caitlin? You said there was something fresh for you about this, this question. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just, <laughs> it made me kind of realize that I'm still learning. I'm still healing, That not everything was going to be magically fixed. I think I thought everything would just rapidly change in my life, but I think God's teaching me a lot about patience and just surrendering has been the biggest word for my weekend. Um, yeah, I've been in a tough position with another person and just trying to figure out how to forgive. And even when you forgive, whether you feel like it's a relationship worth saving beyond that. Um, yeah, it, it's been tough. I, yeah, I, a community has been a big part. Just having mm-hmm. people to confide in, like talking to Maddie about it helped too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big thing I had to learn too was just, I think I need to stop seeking advice from other people so mm-hmm. much. Not that it's a bad thing to vent, but sometimes you need to surrender it fully in every aspect. And I felt that I was kind of doing a disservice by saying, hey, God, I surrender everything to you about this situation, but I'm still going to talk about it. I'm still going to ask other people, what should I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it just taught me that, you know, I, I don't know God's plan, but that that's an okay thing. And I had to stop taking things in my own hand and in my own direction. Mm-hmm. That's been a big lesson for me because I'm such a control freak and an yeah. overthinker. But it, it's a continuous learning curve. And mm-hmm. I... I feel at peace about it. That's another thing I thought I would be, because in the past I used to use coping mechanisms or just would fall apart and break down and isolate, but I don't feel a need to do that. And it's very odd because I cried about it, but I'm like, all right, I'm done crying. That's it. We're not going to, mm-hmm. we're not going to isolate. We're not going to go back to these bad methods. That's awesome. It's, it's nice. It's like, it's nice to have that peace in, in amidst the storm. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's, that's so awesome. hard to do too. Mm-hmm. Is that's what I struggled with that too. It's like, oh, I don't want to burden God. I don't want to burden these mm-hmm. other people. And God's like, burden me, please. Yeah. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a burden to him. Yeah. You're not a burden to him. Yeah. You're the one with the burden if if you don't mm-hmm. share it with God. You're carrying it. And I was talking to somebody recently after one of our YAM gatherings and we were talking about the idea of God won't give you more than you can handle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? And I was like, that's not in the Bible. They're like, what? And I was like, yeah. And you know, I go, it's kind of a twisting of the truth. Like we experience things in life that are way more than we can handle. And that actually shows us our need for God. Mm-hmm. And then God has the strength to help us handle it. But so that's why we need a relationship with him. And he also gives us people that we can talk to a safe place, get wisdom, perspective, but there are things that only we can learn from the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that you, we can keep talking about our problems over and over again, but until we surrender and trust mm-hmm. him with the outcome, like you're talking about, um, we won't experience peace. Mm-hmm. But when we do, it's that peace that transcends understanding. And 
you guys, I love that you guys are just letting people into your real journey <laughs> of how you're learning to trust the promises of the Bible, how this is new for you guys. This is fresh for you. If you're watching and, and you're new, you're exploring the Christian faith, you might be new to reading the Bible, Christian community, you wonder, can I really be honest about these things I'm experiencing? Hopefully these girls could. <laughs> gives you hope that you can open up and be your real self. And that's a part of how we grow. So, you know, as we're closing, um, is there any final encouragement you want to give anyone out there that might be listening to this? You got anything? Um, that healing takes time, that you're going to face so many hardships. I had to learn that the closer you get to God, the more the enemy attacks you. Mm -hmm. Like it just in the weekend after giving our testimony mm. on Thursday, I had never experienced so much anxiety mm. after the fact. And it it kind of, it raised questions for me. Like, did I do the right thing? Mm. Was that, you know, what I was supposed to do? And it then I thought about it. And by speaking to other people and their advice after sharing their testimony, they're like, you're going to be hit so hard with mm. doubt and questions of whether you did the right thing or said the right thing but just know that like you are heading in the right direction and that you gotta push away the enemy like he will attack you in every which form but it, it just encouraged me to just hold strong by my faith and just stand by god's word and his truth mm. and that you know i'm not my past and i'm not weighted down anymore by that shame and guilt no matter how much it tries to come back in my face mm -hmm. i just resist it and i yeah that is well said <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a good word yeah how about you um i think i would just hammer in those facts about like you can come to church broken mm -hmm. you don't have to be perfect like you can ask all the questions. You don't have to know everything. Like, like it's okay. I've been asking everybody's and everybody knows I got questions and <laughs> there's a lot of them. Some of them are silly, but it's, you're able to ask them. And, um, I totally agree with the, the doubt and the enemy creeping in that whole last week. I felt, felt like a fake Christian. I was like, mm -hmm. Oh, maybe I shouldn't share. Like I'm a fake Christian. Like, cause I'm, I don't have it all together. Like, and so I kept having that feeling that like, Oh man, this is not good. <laughs> and we talked about it cause we were both struggling and like, being able to come to you again, go to my community and like help them push me towards God more really yeah. helps. So you guys got a chance to practice what you preached. <laughs> and that is a part of how we grow. Yeah. When you share your story, often, like Caitlin said, we do experience opposition. Um, and that's the one thing the enemy wants to steal from us as believers is mm -hmm. our story of what God's done for his glory in our lives. Because you can't stop what Jesus already did on the cross. Jesus already died on the cross for the sins of the world. Mm -hmm. And he rose from the dead to defeat the power of the enemy. The one thing he can silence is us sharing our story. Mm -hmm. And so often when we share our story, he'll come at us with these, you know, lies and attacks mm -hmm. to keep try to shut us up from doing it again. And you guys had the courage to not only share last Thursday night, and, but to show up here in the podcast studio and share with us. So thank you guys. I hope this is encouragement to you wherever you are. We'd love for you to join us at one of our YAM gatherings. If you're in the triangle and if you're somewhere else around the world or around the country watching this, hope this is encouragement to you that you can be real with God. And as you are, you let him into the real places in your soul that you can experience his greater love because that's what the gospel of Jesus is all about. So take care and thanks again for joining us. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah.